me briefly at Matthew 26, and Jean is going to read verses 6 to 13 for us. Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. While Jesus was in Bethany in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the tables. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, whenever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Thank you, Gina. We're not going to sing, When to Our World the Saviour Came. When to our world the Saviour came, the sick and helpless heard his name, and in their weakness longed to see the healing Christ of Galilee. Let us just pray for a few minutes. Lord, we come to you and ask for your help as we turn to your word. We ask, Lord, that you will speak to us through your word and that you will help us all to respond in faith because it is your word and because we've heard your voice. We ask this in the Saviour's precious name. Amen. During the Battle of Passchendaele, two soldiers from the East Lanks found themselves separated from their regiment. They sheltered for a short period of time among a few trees and then decided to go on to join the battle, only to find that one of them was injured. The other soldier decided to take him back to base and sitted on taking him back all the way. He took him all the way to the base on his shoulders When they arrived back, the man who did the deed was regarded as a hero. He'd saved this man, he carried him all the way back to the base, and everyone cheered him and thought that he was a hero. However, a few weeks later, a military inquiry was held, and it came to light that the man, the injured man, begged to be left behind, as he wasn't badly injured, and for his friend to join the fight, join the regiment. After a great deal of discussion, the military authorities decided that the man was not a hero, but a coward. Hero or coward. That purely fictional story is the basis of my next novel. (laughs) No, it ain't. But it's a pure, it's purely made up. And hopefully, it illustrates 
the main thing about the verses that we're reading here this morning, that it's possible for someone to do something and other people to take not just different views of what they've seen, but contrasting views. Whatever we think of this incident in Matthew 26, one thing is very clear. And it is that the Lord Jesus Christ was very, very pleased with what someone did for him. What someone did for him and to him. So let's have a look very briefly at these few verses that could be titled, Love's Extravagance. Let us just note the background for a few moments. What happened in Matthew 26 took place just around about the time of the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. These were just two days ahead. And Jesus, the Lord Jesus, knew that the crucifixion was just round the corner. He said to his disciples, as you know, the Passover is two days away and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. So here we have the Lord of grace and glory, knowing that soon he will be nailed to a cross. And he was surrounded by those who wanted to destroy him, the chief priests, the elders of the law, Caiaphas. They were waiting their time when they would arrest and kill him, it says in verse 4. So as his enemies are going closer and closer around him, Jesus meets someone whose heart was full of love and gratitude. And she wanted to show that love and gratitude to him. Let us have a look at this for a few moments at this person. We know very little about her. She was just simply called a woman. She's unnamed. She's just a very ordinary person. Uh, from another version in Luke chapter 7, it says she lived a sinful life. In other words, I suppose a prostitute. So Jesus meets this person whose society, the church, you name it, scorned. But all we know about her is all that we need to know. And that is what she did for Jesus, what she did for him. Let us have a look at her action for a few moments. It took place in a very insignificant place called Bethany, in the home of a leper called Simon. So here we have Jesus in a very small, insignificant place, in a house of a man who is a leper, who is regarded as an outcast, and he's meeting a woman who is a second-class citizen. So here we have this wonderful incident that took place in such unremarkable setting. And she came to him. She didn't say a word. Notice. Not like most women. <laughs> she, she didn't say a word. She came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured over his head as he was inclining at the table. She brought to Jesus what was very expensive, probably the result of a year's wage 
Now, when she came about that, we don't know. She went probably, she saved and saved and saved and saved until the time came when she could express her love for Jesus. And she poured it over his head. She broke the jar and poured it over him. So it was never to be repeated. It was a once once and for all act. And she gave everything to him. So this was her action. And there were two very different contrasting reactions. The disciples, it says, were indignant. They were angry. They were livid at what this woman did. They thought that it was an utter waste of, of something that was really expensive. And also they came up with an idea. This should be given... Uh, the, the money, instead of doing what this woman was, it should have been so ungiven to the poor. I've got a good idea, they said. The woman must have felt very hurt at what was said. But Jesus, the Lord Jesus, came to her defense and criticized the disciples and said to them, there's a lovely verse here, she has done a beautiful thing for me. The Another version puts it like this, the message. She has done something wonderfully significant for me. She has done something wonderfully significant for me. Jesus was overjoyed, encouraged by what she had done. He saw in her what others, the rest, failed to see, a loving heart. But why? Why did she act in this way? Why did she show such love for Jesus? Such reckless, uncalculating love for Jesus? Why did she have such love and devotion? Possibly it was because she realized what she had done in her life. She knew that she needed healing and forgiveness. And she came to him because she was wanting a new life altogether. And what Jesus saw in her was what others didn't see. He saw that what she did, and probably, in fact not probably, absolutely certainly, she did not know the full significance of what she was doing. She couldn't have done. But Jesus did. Because he says... You, you will not have the poor with you. You will not always have me with you. Uh, but what she has done, she did prepare for my burial. And so what Jesus saw in her was uh, an indication of his death. And that's why he was encouraged and comforted by what she did. Did he, did he say, don't forget, forget the poor? Clearly not. What Jesus was saying is that the poor will always be with you. And that's a fact of life, isn't it? That's a sad, awful, tragic thing. The poor will always be with us. But Jesus says, I'm going to be absent. You will not always have me with you. And Jesus is so thrilled is so comforted and encouraged, despite of what he knows is just round the corner, 
that he says something to her that is just mind-blowing, that he never said to anyone, ever. He said, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. In other words, Jesus paid a, a wonderful tribute and he said that wherever the gospel, wherever people speak about me and what I'm about, they should also remember her and what she did for me. In finishing then, what can we learn from this very wonderful, intimate act that this woman did for Jesus? There's three little questions that I want to ask every one of us here this morning, including yours truly, obviously. First of all, do we love Jesus? Well, the fact that we're here this morning, the fact that we read the Bible, uh, that we pray day by day, uh, clearly is an indication that we love Jesus. But how much do we how much do I love Jesus? This woman's love was extravagant. It was intense, overflowing. She held nothing back. Now, we're all aware, aren't we, that we don't love Jesus as much as we should do. None of us can put our hands up and say, yes, I love Jesus, absolutely. Absolutely. Because one day Jesus turns around to a teacher of the law and says, the most important law is simply this, love the Lord, how? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So Jesus said, don't, don't just love God, L love him in that way. Love him with all your being, with your heart, your soul, and your strength. Now, obviously, none of us come up to that. And what a verse, a hymn from a verse written by William Cowper, I think sum summarizes what we all feel. And he says, Lord, it is my chief complaint, and that's true of all of us, that my love is weak and faint. That is true. Yet I love thee and adore. That is also true. All for grace to love thee more. All for love, all for grace to love thee more. And that sums it up, isn't it? We want to love him more, so we ask him for grace for that to be so. What also stands out about this incident is that, that the woman demonstrated her love for Jesus. She expressed it in feelings. Now, if you said to somebody, I love you, and that was it full stop, that would be <clears throat> not very authentic, would it? Not very real. It's by our actions that we demonstrate our love to one another. And so it was in what she did that Jesus... Uh, was encouraged, not from what she said or didn't say. And so, what we're called upon, what we're all called upon, is if we say we love God, Jesus, 
then we're meant to show that love towards others, demonstrate it in the things that we do. It might just be very, very small things. It might be a phone call. might be writing a letter. It might be a visitation. Tiny, tiny insignificant things. But in, in doing those things, <coughs> we are showing, demonstrating our love for him. Finally, if this is true of any of us, if we love Jesus in a real, real way, there'll be a cost attached to it. There'll be a cost attached to it. You see, what the woman did, it was essentially a costly sacrificial act. She'd saved for perhaps months and years for this ointment, and now she broke it and gave it to Jesus. So living for Jesus, giving him his full place in, in our hearts and lives is never going to be easy. Never. There will always be a cost attached to it. So let us pray that God will so touch our hearts and lives, giving us faith and strength to love him no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Let us just be still for a few moments and renew in silence our love for Jesus, for God.